0: Welcome, everyone, to the Feeling Lighter podcast by WeShape. This is a new time for us here at WeShape. We have decided to... Obviously, we're still deeply connected with WeShape, but we wanted to change the name of the podcast to the Feeling Lighter podcast. Uh, We'll get into why we're doing that later, but another big change that's happening is we have a new co-host, and I literally could not be more excited about bringing you in. So Dr. Lisa Folden, welcome to the We Shape Feeling Lighter podcast. Thank you. I'm very excited to be here. So um, you and I are going to be the primary hosts moving forward. Coach Tyler is going to be joining us on occasion. He's here with us today.
1: Hi again. (laughs) <laughs> uh but
0: we just yeah i think i'm gonna start by just talking about this idea on the play on the name change and then i think our listeners would love to know more about you i know you're deeply involved in our community and behind the scenes of the product here at we shape but for people who are who are podcast listeners it'd be great for them to get to know you a little bit better so
1: yeah. can i just make an observation too like i feel like you know we did this podcast for the first year and it was recently that we all sat down and said like What are we really trying to do with this? Because it's one thing just to interview people who are interesting and stuff like that. But it's another thing to come to that podcast with a greater intention. Mm -hmm. I think that's where the root of this change happened was how do we show up and not just talk about interesting things in health and mindset and stuff like that, but how do we actually come and help people um, move closer to themselves by a shift in mentality? So Mm -hmm. I I just wanted to tee that up so that people understood kind of where that change came from.
0: Yeah. And then we said, well, let's, let's call it something different so that people can really understand more of that intentionality. So we did a lot of back and forth and came up with the feeling lighter podcast, sort of a play on weight loss, right? Like everyone thinks that they'll be happy once they get that smaller body. And we have found time and time again with thousands of clients that that that's not really what happens mm-hmm. and so the mentality shift and how we connect with our body in a more meaningful way is what actually creates a lighter feeling mm-hmm. and so uh we came up with the feeling lighter podcast i'm excited about the name but, shift but what's shift.
1: the tagline what's the tagline remember oh you ready for my tagline have the tagline yeah, so.
0: um how you feel about yourself changes everything yes mm, that's, that's where our behaviors come from that's good that's where our beliefs come from. Mm-hmm. That's where the root and foundation of relationship with other come from. Yep. So it's like a root thing. I'm I'm, I, I'm always like the kind of person who wants to understand what is – where. how do we get to the super, 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 super root of it all? Yeah. Because I know that when we make changes there, it impacts all the other things. Yes. So when I was pulling at those roots, <laughs> that's what came <laughs> out. Is like literally how you feel about yourself is how you show up in the world, how you connect with others, how you – you know, it's, it's linked to everything. Right. So evaluating those beliefs and um, having experts on that talk about deepening that relationship with self, I felt was like a really important way that we could spend our time and bring more intentionality. And yeah. I think it's very different than what diet culture does. Mm.
2: It's like we focus on the outer like what the body looks like mm-hmm. and how we can make changes there versus really getting to the mentality and the root behind why we want to be different mm-hmm. what it is we're seeking with these body changes like what we want from life and so i think you know we're in the we're going in the great a great direction here yeah. so i'm excited to be a part of it it's
1: like it's like you said right like people think that achieving that body standard is going to make them feel happy mm-hmm. and they don't realize they'll get there and they'll still be dissatisfied yep. and i think a huge part of what i think the intention here is is give people like awareness and permission mm-hmm. to recognize that that's the case and to drop into themselves and say i can change the way i feel about myself yeah. without having to change the way i look or having to change a ton of circumstances in my life i can just change it from within mm-hmm. and i think that's really the message I'm, I'm hearing a lot um now that was a great tagline but i meant the other tagline oh, by yeah. the way you know what you but, want i'm talking oh, about no
0: what are you talking about oh what you say in the beginning? what you, you think, say Dr. In the Lisa? Beginning? You want to do it? <laughs> oh, how we're shedding uh, beliefs one episode at a time. <laughs> there we go. That's okay. the one. But <laughs> I'm full of taglines. What other taglines? Shedding beliefs you want? One episode at a
1: time. Oh, I love it. Yeah.
0: Shedding—it's ex- actually shedding old beliefs that no longer serve us. Yeah. One episode at a and time. That's and that's how you change go.
1: the way that you feel about yourself. Yeah. Right. You Absolutely. examine the beliefs that you have that are keeping you stuck, that are keeping you in that state of dissatisfaction. And you shed them one episode at a time with us. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Shameless and and
0: plug. And we've, Lisa and I were talking about this earlier. And I think, you know, to just share that people have the belief, we'll just go right into it, yeah. that if they have a smaller body, yeah. they will feel valued, they will feel worthy, they will feel lovable. Yeah. And what we are here to say is like we want to bring people in and have conversations around how you can have all of that All of without that. a smaller body. Yep. Without the weight loss. Mm-hmm.
1: So, can we just highlight the other side of it, which is if people are valuing you for that, then, like, yeah. are those the people you really want in your life? If the Probably people around that. you are like, the <laughs> only way I'm going to value you is if you fit this standard that I have in my head. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You fine. want acceptance. But right? some
2: of it is the narratives we create in our own minds. Yeah. You know? Most fact. of us, I mean, there are definitely people in our lives who. Should be dismissed, right? Because yep. they're around us for the wrong reasons. But most of the solid relationships we mm-hmm. have with people, they don't care at all mm-hmm. what size our bodies <laughs> are.
1: <laughs> they really they don't.
2: don't care one bit. But we we sort of project our insecurities, and we assume that people feel the way we feel about ourselves, about us. And they really don't. I tell my clients all the time, when you die, your loved one is not going to put on your headstone. She stayed thin. She had a small waist. Because those aren't the things that people who love you Mm. actually care about. So it doesn't really matter. It but doesn't really matter. we, we, you know, this world is so inundated with these messages from other places that we start to internalize them. And then we assume that other people see us in that light yeah. and they don't, hopefully most of them don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. I think True. that's a great segue into you know, talking about the work with your clients, like just sharing with our listeners a little, little bit about who you are mm-hmm. and the work that you do. And yeah, let's, let's, Which, go c-
1: hold on. By the way, I just want to say one thing really quick. Like we interviewed, Dr. Lisa (laughs) Folden on this podcast. And we all got done with that episode and was like, we love her. She's amazing. She is a doctor of physical therapy. (laughs) She deeply understands the topics that we're talking about related to mentality. And um, when she agreed to start becoming more a part of WeShape, producing content both on the movement side and now joining us on the podcast to pr- produce content on the mentality side, I was just like absolutely floored. I just want to say it for everybody here. I'm so happy to have you as a part of um, the WeShape team. Thank um, you. you absolutely represent everything that we're trying to talk about. And it's a, it's a joy to have you
2: on. Absolute you. Yeah. joy to have you here. I literally love being here, so this is <laughs> perfect, and it's, it's. I'm honored, honestly, because I've been doing this work for a while, and and sometimes when you're in this space, especially when you sort of pull away from mainstream diet and fitness culture, it feels lonely, mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> so when you start to connect with people that get it and that you align with, it's so, it, it feels like home, like, oh, this is so, you can take a deep breath, so I am super appreciative of being here with you all and being a part of this We Shape Family and this Feeling Lighter podcast. Um So background, I am a doctor of physical therapy, as Tyler mentioned, and my work, I've been doing this work for, well, 16 years now. Wow. And I am, I was a traditionally trained physical therapist. So I just saw people for standard injuries, orthopedic, some neurological things. So knee pain, back pain, you know, numbness and tingling in my hands, things of that nature. And my training was very traditional in that, For me, weight loss was always on the table. It's like, oh, your knee is hurting. Well, perhaps if you lose some weight, it'll help. And I went through my own personal journey that I'm sure we'll talk about um, that transitioned the way that I saw fitness, health, weight all of those things and as a result of changing my personal belief system talking about those beliefs mm-hmm. i changed the way that i practiced and, and and interacted with clients and so now i'm very proud to say that i have a weight inclusive private practice in charlotte north carolina where i work with people in diverse bodies so from the smallest version of yourself to the largest version of yourself and i also I um, also work with people who are in recovery from eating disorders. Mm-hmm. So I get to provide a service that really no one in my area provides, and I get to have a safe, trauma-informed, eating disorder-informed Private welcoming space for people to come and heal and recover in. And it's like an honor. Like, I love doing it. When I talk about it, I get all excited, and people are like, Oh, thank you, thank you. And I'm like, It's really, it's my pleasure. Mm. Literally, my pleasure. That's when you
1: know you're doing the right thing. (laughs) Yeah.
2: It feels so good to create a space that doesn't exist for people that Mm -hmm. deserve it. People who are marginalized. We talk about weight stigma and fat phobia. We see people in larger bodies and making assumptions about them and not creating a space for them and assuming like, you're bad, something's wrong with you, you don't have the right behaviors. So I love to like fight that narrative and create a space that's welcoming. So when you come in my space, there are chairs you can fit in. You know, you're going to feel comfortable. You're, I'm not going to blame your weight for your condition or your pain and you're going to be listened to and believed. That's mm. that's really important Ooh, in the listen medical Listen to center.
1: and believed. That's powerful.
2: Yeah, so I'm, I'm really proud of what I get to do um, on the clinical side as a physical therapist and I also offer health coaching to people and movement coaching for people who want to get back into movement, but it's all been muddled with diet culture, and they don't know what to do. It's like, what do I do? Where do I start? And and so I, I work with people one-on-one in small groups, and then I refer a lot of people to the we Shape platform because it's mm-hmm. such an anti-diet and, and weight-neutral space for movement that's so important um, when you're trying to let go of diet culture. So
1: I love that. I yeah. love that you're putting those two things together because I feel like people... They just they talk about motivation so much mm-hmm. and they relate motivation to like I don't feel motivated to do this, but they're coming at it from a place of mm. I wanna change the way I look, I wanna yeah. lose weight. It's all this negative emotions, right? Yeah. And nobody's gonna stick to something that is rooted in negative feelings. Nope. And so you're saying to them, Hey, like, first of all, I'm gonna hear you. Yeah. I'm gonna believe you. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna show you some appreciation. I'm gonna show you some connection. And that gives themselves a permission to say, Oh, like I can show myself some connection. Yeah. Right. And I could show up for these Workouts or movements or whatever, from that place of self-care, that desire to have a body that feels good, yeah. Rather than from that place of I gotta lose weight and I gotta yeah. do this and disconnect from yourself. Yeah, for so, sure. That's beautiful. Thank you for doing that in this world.
2: Thank you. Yeah. I, I again, it's my pleasure. I enjoy it, and I like this the idea of like the shame it I tell people all the time you don't get anything good from shame no it's really just an emotion that makes you feel really bad about yourself Mm -hmm. (laughs) like so you don't nothing beautiful grows from it and so sometimes clients will come in and you know maybe I've given them a home exercise program to work on for their injury and they'll be like oh I didn't do anything this week or I didn't do it that much and their heads down and I'm like hey we don't do that here. It's fine. Yeah. So, what did you get done? Oh, I only did it twice. Oh, okay. Let's reframe that. You did your home exercise program twice. That's awesome. That's yeah. great. Let's see how we can build from there. Yeah. This coming into these these um, environments and feeling shame and then receiving that from your you know health and wellness professional, like you don't you don't look forward to that. No. So then the next visit is like, oh God, I forgot again, or I didn't do this, or I was so busy, and I didn't. or they cancel their appointment, or they cancel their appointment. Op- that is really what you see in a lot of. You know, these scenarios, they just can't. They feel bad about themselves. They're not living up to the expectation. So they stop coming. And I don't want that for people. (laughs) So I'm going to do everything in my power to provide a welcoming and safe and and self-compassion is is the key to like you feeling better about what you're doing and what you're not able to do. And being comfortable saying like, you know what, I tried, and next week I'll try again, and that's it. It's no, there's no shame to that. You're showing up. You're doing what you can in that moment, and I'm gonna accept and receive that, and and be grateful for it.
1: And I think that's what I wanted to say there was like, I just heard you say self compassion, mm-hmm. right? Is how you show up for that. But but people need to be shown they do compassion. You're right, yep. right? And so the moment you show them that compassion, they're like, wait, there's like a different feeling mm-hmm. that can lead this journey yeah. instead of it being. Self hatred. Right. Ultimately, oh, yeah. you know, and that's such a big deal. We need to offer a lot, of people, a lot more people, compassion, so they can show up from s- themselves for themselves from a different place.
0: Right, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I really admire the work that you do, Lisa. I think it yeah. really gives people such an incredible gift to be cared for and nurtured in a in a space that. Uh, traditionally has intention for helping but sometimes goes astray right. so thank you so much for that work that you do Absolutely. and um the the other thing that is such a gift here at WeShape is you have such in-depth understanding and you're so immersed in the in the the world of education around mm-hmm. diet culture ex, you know toxic exercise culture yeah. So maybe share with us a little bit about your personal journey around what brought you into that space too, right?
2: Right. Yeah. Great question. (laughs) So I grew up, a lot of people don't know this about me, but I grew up with a father who was a competitive bodybuilder, fitness competitor. And um, it was funny because that was my introduction to health and fitness, being at the powerhouse gym with him, watching him work out and all the other people in there working out. He trained like, one of the four time Miss Olympia. So this uh-huh. is what I saw. <laughs> and I was intrigued by it. I have great respect for people who live in that in that world because it's really hard work to do what they do. Um but because of what I saw growing up, I think that my understanding of what it meant what it was to be healthy or fit was very much misconstrued because mm. what they're doing is not necessarily improving their health they are changing the aesthetic of their bodies and competing which is fine if that's what you want to do right body autonomy but it's not necessarily healthy i watched my dad yeah. under eat a lot i watched mm. him eat baby food most of the time like wow. when he was in competitive like competition season um he worked out hours a day like hours on hours on hours in order to make his body look chiseled i'll show you guys a picture like <laughs> and and it was great for what he was doing but that is not what health and fitness is about but because that was sort of my springboard i i entered the, my my ideas around health, fitness, and movement stemmed from that, and so I was very much immersed in diet culture, I was a fitness instructor, I was the person that would, you know, people saw me coming, like, oh, hide the candy bars, Lisa's gonna tell you to get a salad. You know, I just had that reputation, and I thought it was good, I like kinda liked it for a while, <laughs> and I, I went through my own personal journey after having children where my body changed drastically, And I thought that I had like a a hang on things and I had created a weight loss program and included meal planning and nutrition stuff I had no education in. Um, But I wanted to help people lose weight because I saw that as the way to be healthier. I don't know anything about it this journey. (laughs) No, (laughs) No, right. It's all foreign to you. But it was um, it was challenging. I I I went really hard and basically engaged in some disordered behaviors. I think I spent six months of exercising every single day, no days off, that was I my rule. you said
1: that, that's insane, with, with little kids, right? With little and kids.
2: When I say little kids, I'm talking about a two year old, a four year old and a six year old. Yeah. And I was running a business, and I was still working like yeah. at other places. So I'm doing all this, and I'm no And everybody
1: was on. probably like, oh, you're superwoman, you're yes. super. And you were yes. like, I'm superwoman. Oh, and okay. Yeah, I was <laughs> dying inside. Yeah, exactly.
2: Um, so I was working out every day, and then I was eating all of my food out of small portioned containers. And I started losing weight. I lost about 20 pounds, and I got all the praise. Everybody was like, oh, <laughs> three babies where? And that's that was a part of my identity. I wanted mm. to be this fitness girl where you'd look at her and be like, she doesn't look like she's got three kids that was like a badge of honor for me now i know that that feels very disordered to say now, you know but that was my thing and so i lost the weight and then i was like okay this is i'm tired my eyes were sunken in i'm like this is a lot i was like i'm just gonna decrease my movement to five days a week instead of seven and i'm just gonna be mindful of my portions and within three months of just toning things down a little bit i gained back every pound i lost plus more i felt defeated I was very depressed, I was very down on myself, and I was very confused, and I stumbled upon the book, Health at Every Size, and that changed everything. C- can I just
1: say something? I want people to connect with this, because I know a lot of people have had this experience before.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Y- you were exercising five days a week, yeah. and probably being more mindful than you're, than you're mentioning about the foods that you're eating. Definitely, right? yeah. And you were probably still in misery, you know, maybe not as much as in contrast to every single day and these right. tiny little portions and stuff, but I think people have this notion that like, if you do more, Mm -hmm. if you eat less, like you'll eventually get there. And that's not always the case. And along the way, you might really harm your body and your mindset as well.
0: Uh. We'll be back in just a moment. If you've heard us talk about WeShape, the company we founded to offer people a different approach to health and fitness, and you're not currently a member, then we've got a big announcement. You see, you happen to be listening during one of the biggest promotions of the year, which means that right now you have the opportunity to sign up for a We Shape's Feel Good Challenge and get a personalized workout plan, access to our community and coaches, access to our live calls with Coach Tyler and Dr. Lisa, and more for free. We only run a few of these challenges each year, so make sure you click the link in our podcast description or go to weshape.com forward slash challenge to sign up for free. And now, back to the Feeling Lighter podcast. You Absolutely. not might. Um, you you, you will. will. I was yeah. trying to be generous. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Allow just, for a just, small
1: percentage of Let's people, just but.
2: state the facts. Yeah, <laughs> and that's what I was doing. I was hiring yeah. myself. I was so sad. I was so down on myself, and my brain space was filled with, What am I going to eat? You know, how am I going to go to this event and not overeat? Because it was constant. It was constant binging because of the constant restriction. So all, all my mind could focus on was like what my body looked like. We talked about this on another episode. I walk into a room. And check out everybody else And see how my body compared size-wise It was exhausting It Mm. was an exhausting way to live Um, But when I started to dig into the literature Around the anti-diet movement Around health at every size I joined the Association for Size, Diversity, and Health And I started finding more support And more resources I started curating a social media feed That spoke to this idea That health and weight are not synonyms And that you can improve your health If that is a goal of yours Without necessarily changing Changing your weight and how harmful, you know, intentional weight loss is and, and the um, potential for developing an eating disorder, which is why in my practice now I work with people in eating disorder recovery, because I have such compassion for that that journey because I understand how easily diet sends you that way all of the habits that we tell someone who is in eating disorder recovery to refrain from are the habits that we encourage them to do when they're dieting it's restriction it's cutting out food groups you know it's keeping food logs and being very meticulous it's replacing ingredients and things you know it's all of this obsessive thoughts around you know what we're doing with calories how many calories in versus calories out like you don't those are disordered behaviors like in the making or they actually are. And so I, I got the knowledge and the information so that I could change my belief system. And then once I did that, I was like, OK, everybody needs to know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's when it's like teaching and speaking and doing podcasts and, and posting more content. That's when my social media like presence really blew up because I started to connect with the people that needed this message and this information, mm-hmm. which is how I knew like, OK, I'm aligned this is where I'm supposed to be going. This feels good on the inside. I don't feel icky because I'm trying to tell somebody how many calories to eat at lunch and what exercise to do to lift their butt. Like, you know, it's just <laughs> it was so it was so superficial. But I don't want to um, devalue like going through that process because I needed it. Like I needed to experience those things to see like what the other side looks like. Yeah. So it's been really challenging making the transition but it's been really rewarding at the same time
1: thanks for your honesty around that challenging part i think it is challenging people need to know that it's not a journey you're just going to start and be like oh look (laughs) i love everything about myself you know (laughs) it's a a long journey i have a follow-up question to this journey because and this is i know we're going to talk a lot more about the mindset and Mm -hmm. the mentality side of things on this podcast but um you know as a physical therapist and Mm -hmm. someone who started you know, this exercise regimen with intention to lose weight. Mm-hmm. Like, how did you change your perspective on movement, on, mm-hmm. on exercise mm. from like I'm supposed to do this much cardio and this many weights and stuff to like, hey, I'm going to go like maintain strength and flexibility right. and balance and coordination just so I can like do things that I want in my life and feel good.
2: That is such a good question. I'm glad you asked. And so here is the kind of scary reality to that. In order to shift my mentality, I had to blow everything up. So, I actually took a long break from exercise, well, traditional exercise and and structured movement, you know, mm-hmm. outside of like the daily requirements of moving around, you know the house and work and whatnot. i It was so hard for me to separate diet culture from movement even when I would find things that I enjoyed and really liked it would be so easy for that to turn into like oh but did you do it today are you tracking how long did you go Um, Mm. did you know how many calories you burned Um, oh you forgot to do it yesterday and there was so much judgment and there's such a um, internal narrative that was just breaking me down to where I had to take multiple breaks from movement in order to rebuild sort of the building blocks and the foundation for why I was moving because really when i evaluated it i had never moved like or participated in structured exercise for any reason outside of changing my body
1: right it's like it's punishment for your own self-hatred right i will punish myself until something changes
2: yeah it's always been punishment so i mean some of that i feel like people could go to therapy for this because some of that was like uncoupling those two things uncoupling you know changing my body from movement because movement is so important it is so vital to enjoying your life and having a good quality of life but also when your introduction to it is so rooted in diet culture i told you how i grew up it's so hard to separate them and so hard to find them so i had to be compassionate with myself and give myself time. i had to be patient and it's really hard to Have an identity around being this fitness pro, you know, this person people look up to, this exercise specialist, and then go to not moving and exercising. And then, if I'm being very honest, watching my body change as a result of that. Mm. Because people don't, you know, going intuitive eating, anti-diet is wonderful, and it does feel good internally, the changes that happen. But the reality is 99.9% of the people who make that transition are going to gain weight. Mm. And that is scary. Because... Mm. I had built my identity around not gaining weight, not looking a certain way, not being chubby, not being fat, not looking like someone who had multiple children. And my body changed. I stopped moving as much. My body changed. I gave myself permission to eat. I stopped restricting what I was eating. My body changed. You know, COVID happened. My body changed. So... And that's an ongoing thing, right? You know, our bodies continue to change, and we have to still figure out how to be kind and accepting and loving to ourselves. <laughs>
1: we can't do that at all, right? Like, we all want to stay young forever. We stay all wanna young, be this stay thin, forever, like, like all this stuff.
2: And it's so yeah. unrealistic and so unhealthy. But, um, but it it's been a process, and yes, it's been very hard. And and because parts of the journey, it can things come up again and again and again. So I have to keep tackling them. But at the end of the day. I have changed my belief system, so I no longer believe that health and weight are the same. And so even when I have a fleeting moment of like, oh, but if I just lost a little weight or looked a little different, I can come back to what I know to be true, what Mm -hmm. I know to be true about diets and intentional weight loss, what I know to be true about the development of an eating disorder, what I know to be true about myself and, like, what makes me happy and really, you know, fulfills me. And then I can, you know, get back to myself and, you know. Stay away from the diet (laughs) and all that stuff. I think so
0: many of our listeners are going to be able to connect with your story Mm -hmm. and the feeling of just, I don't know. I I always think about the diets and, you know, exercise for punishment. I mean, we think that we're all striving for that liberation. But when you really look at it, what. That is just the opposite That's of the bondage. Yeah. Diets so, are bondage. Yeah. So I'm really excited to have you along this journey interviewing incredible guests, yeah. um, around just like figuring out what are some beliefs that we can put under the microscope and maybe get a little bit curious about right. and maybe get some shifts in because it's like one at a time. Mm-hmm. We peel back the layers and then the beliefs about ourselves start to shift and then our relationship to self shifts, yeah. and then our relationship to other shifts, and it, right. it's really powerful. So I think it's a good time for me to Can introduce- Can I actually make one quick comment before I sure. introduce that? Mm-hmm. So, I just,
1: so I wanted to say this because I feel like it's really interesting to me. It's something I've observed over the last couple of years, which is the more someone has had a dedicated fitness routine, even if it was coming from like self-judgment and some sort of toxic relationship with self, the harder it is for them to embrace the notion that we can go move our bodies to feel better, right? And so when we talk to people who have fitness routines and things like that, it's the hardest for those people to typically make the transition to like, hey, I'm just gonna try to be flexible and strong and have good coordination so I feel good. And what's been most surprising to me, and I think this is like a gem of hope for some people is like, the people who have injuries, who haven't exercised very much in their life, I think it becomes a much easier for them to see the value mm-hmm. of moving their bodies, so they can feel better in their bodies, yeah. because they they get they know what it feels like to feel bad yes. in their bodies, I and agree. the worse we feel from injuries, from you know tightness, from weakness, whatever mm-hmm. may be going through us the more we can connect with that. Oh my God, I did these three stretches mm-hmm. and like I immediately felt better. better. And mm-hmm. that's the positive emotion that we want people to have association movement. with movement. Yeah, absolutely. You know? But as
0: we also hold the narrative that we're that that you're still valuable and worth it regardless of what your body is capable of mm-hmm. or the state that your body is in. Yeah. Right? right. That is the that is the message that I hope to to have people it's great. You want to come to eShape we can give you movements that might help your shoulder pain, or like mm-hmm. I'm not saying don't address that, yeah. but I'm saying that even with that shoulder pain, even with dysfunctional movement patterns, pe- mm-hmm. human beings are still valuable. Yeah. And diet culture and toxic exercise culture take that human um, right away, yeah, they and do. they rob it from us. So mm-hmm. I hope that when people come to we shape, they can you know tap into some of these movements from a, from an act of of self care yeah. and from connecting with themselves and hopefully they can feel better yeah. um, physically. Right. And then I hope that this podcast and some of our social content can also really tackle the mentality side of why we're here in the first place mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, unravel some of the threads that have uh, woven us. <laughs> a I, I have a visual of like a, a sweater that doesn't quite, <laughs> you know, it, it's itchy. It's uncomfortable. It's more like a jail cell. Of yeah, yeah.
1: No, right? like a, it's yeah. like <laughs> yeah. a straight jacket. Yeah, there we go. There we, we go. go there. Yeah.
0: So we're here to unravel all of that. And one of the things that we're going to ask every episode to our guests, um, and I'm hoping each of us can answer this as we close the episode today, mm-hmm. is what's an old belief that you have shed that has impacted you in a big way. So uh, I think Lisa should start, yeah, start? this off. Okay. Yeah. What's a big, what's a big belief
2: <sighs> that you
0: have held that you've shed and yeah. it's impacted your life in a meaningful way?
2: So there's a lot. But I think one of the biggest beliefs that I had to shed was that um, my, my worth mm. was going to be derived based on how many things I could do. Mm, so I, He just th- stole mine. Oh, okay. <laughs> <I'm> just <kidding. laughs> you should have went first. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, just this idea that you know I'm not enough just in existing and being who I am. That I have to look a certain way, dress a certain way, do certain things, perform a certain way. You know, be a high achiever. And and it's never to take away from this idea that you can work hard, you can do great things, you can you know have accolades and awards and achievements, but that. Does not denote your value. Mm. And I for years to me they were one and the same. Like this idea that what I'm doing is what's creating my value. But now I know that I'm valuable simply because I exist in this world and I deserve respect and kindness and love and grace. And I'm gonna give it to myself and I'm gonna require it of the people that I interact with. So that has been a game changer for me.
1: That's big. Um, That's um, a good one. I'll go next because I don't want Katie to take another one from me. (laughs) But like, I think I could piggyback Mm -hmm. on that and say I certainly felt the same way that my value was related to what I was able to do in Mm -hmm. the world, like everything incorporated. But I feel like maybe something that might be more useful just to kind of narrow it down a little bit is to say, like I was able to connect with wanting to move my body to feel good in my body from like a young age because of some injuries that I had sustained. Mm -hmm. But then my identity became what I'm able to do with my body is what my strength is. And then I got injured significantly Mm -hmm. worse. And then I had multiple surgeries and none of them worked. And then I went almost a decade with that joint just getting worse and worse. Finally got it fixed um, and things are better now, but I still have these moments where I have to recognize that that's that's a crappy belief that's keeping me stuck. Cause I'm just, Mm -hmm. I can't do the things that Mm -hmm. I once was able to do because of the injuries that I've sustained. And I think there's a lot of people out there who feel really miserable because they go, I should be able to do these things that I used to do. And sometimes it's hard to swallow that pill and say, like, that's just not going to happen anymore. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to be playing tennis, you know, as hard as I can and expect it to, like, feel comfortable on my body anymore. And to let that go and just be like, you know what, I'm just going to be. What I can be Mm -hmm. and let the other things go um, is is liberating in the sense that I don't have any sort of identity tied to that anymore. I like that. It's like
2: self-acceptance. Yeah. Accepting where we are. And we're going to change, right? Like we want to live a long time. So there's going to be some things as we get older we just can't do the same as how we used to. And we need to make peace with that for sure. Yeah, Can
1: you find value in yourself if you had no capabilities? I think that getting surgeries and laying in bed for a long time gives you that moment of like – am I only valuable because of what I can do?
2: Yeah. And then
1: you go like, well, am I valuable if I, if I just do nothing,
2: right.
0: you
1: know? And that's such a weird thing to grasp, but it's a good thing to practice and kind of contemplate.
0: Love it. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think mine is uh, I'm still working on shedding this, but this idea that I have to Go down a path that was paved for me, mm. rather than the path that I choose. Yes. Um, I have been very afraid of uh, being a female and speaking my and speaking up mm-hmm. for fear of being too much for people, for fear of rocking the boat. Right, mm-hmm. uh, and I think that this idea of like I'll give you a really good example in our business. A lot of people have said and I they don't even have to say anything like I just look around and see how business operates and I don't want to operate my business that way. And I want to go down a different path and I, I feel the energy of like fear around that like, right. you know, maybe you can't go that way because the other way is the best way if you want to be successful, but Doesn't feel good for me. So, just being giving myself permission to go my own path, regardless of what other people say, Mm -hmm. and just doing it my own way. And if I'm too much for you, then just turn the episode off. Right?
2: I'm not for (laughs) you, and that's
0: okay. And that's totally okay. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I like it. So, sounds
1: like you're giving yourself permission to be your most authentic self, which is beautiful. Yeah. 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 Definitely. And everybody deserves that. Yeah. It's hard to do.
0: So, yeah. well, I'm excited to an- ask that question to all the guests that we have booked this, this coming episode. Mm-hmm. So stay tuned because I think we're going to get some good answers. And yeah. welcome to the We Shape Family and the Filling Letter podcast, Lisa. We couldn't be more honored and just so grateful to have you here with us. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited about this. We'll see everyone next week. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope you enjoyed today's show. Now, before you go, it would mean a lot to us if you could take a moment right now to subscribe to the podcast and then leave us a review. This helps spread the word so more people can feel lighter by shedding one belief at a time. Also, we want to hear from you. So if this episode impacted you or you have any questions that you think would be great for us or any of our future guests, please feel free to email us at podcast at and finally, if you want to try WeShape's different approach to health and fitness, remember that right now you can sign up for WeShape's Feel Good Challenge and get access to everything WeShape has to offer for free. Just click the link in our podcast description or go to weshape.com/challenge to sign up.